little short series called On the Mount. I don't know if any of you guys saw the Instagram post or on Facebook. Who saw it on Facebook or Instagram? Raise your hand. I want to see if there's people that actually look at that stuff. I hope there is. I'm glad you guys do. Yes. Group chat. Caitlin sends it. Posted it. Oh, yeah. She spams you guys hard. She gives you guys a wolf. Some of you might know that reference. <laughs> Just smacks you with all the social media. Anyways, on the mount. So it's a series all about the Sermon on the Mount. Yes. It's just water. Don't cry about it. It's not even milk. <laughs> I couldn't help it. How many of you know where the Sermon on the Mount is found in the Bible? Where's it at? Erica. You're wrong. <laughs> you think it's Moses? It's not Moses. Nope. Nope. Ian, Sermon on the Mount. Huh? Well, yes. Where in the Bible? Not where on the planet. <laughs> where in the Bible is it found? Really? The leader's going to show you guys up? Come on. All right. Where? She's just shotgunning approach. <laughs> That's not where it is. John. That's right. Yeah, Mark and Luke and John. That's not right. <laughs> a partially right answer is not a right answer. <laughs> Multiple choice and you got to pick all of them. If you only pick one and there's three. Mm -mm. Is the verse reference on there? I don't know if it is. No, it's not. No, it's not. Anyways, yes, that is correct. Matthew 5 through 7. Jesus made some pretty mountainous statements. <laughs> Couldn't help it. <laughs> but really, I mean, some of the things that he said, they were revolutionary. They changed the world. There are things that he was saying and people could not help but stay and listen. They, they heard what he had to say, and they're like, who is this guy? I've never heard anyone talk like this, like in a good way. <laughs> like, this is incredible stuff. Well, and one of the first things he starts out with is the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes, he, he lays it out, what it means to be blessed, those that are blessed. He said, blessed are you who are what? You guys heard any of them? Can you name some of them? Blessed are you... Who are Josh? Poor in spirit. spirit. Yep, that's one of them. You guys know any of the other ones? Man, maybe I should do a series on that. That's right. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are what? Meek. Yep, that's another one. Blessed are those who are poor. Yeah, Josh said that one. He said poor in spirit, which is a specific translation. Blessed are those who mourn. Yeah, there's a lot of different ones. And then after this, he makes a statement, which many of you are probably familiar with. I'm going to read this passage. Josh, you can put it up on the board. So it's Matthew 5, 13 through 16. And I'm reading out of the ESV translation. But if you guys have your Bibles, be following along. This is where you're going to see it start right after the Beatitudes. So this is where he, he really starts to lay out a lot of stuff. 
It says, you are the salt of the earth. Look to your neighbor and say, you salty? <laughs> he goes on to say, but if salt has lost its taste, bring it back, bring it back. That's my own fault. <laughs> you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except for what? What does it say? Except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Ah, it doesn't sound like something I want to go through. <laughs> it says, you are the light of the world. Look to your neighbor and say, you lit? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm using the Gen Z uh, interpretation. <laughs> you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a what? Basket. Basket. But on a stand, right? And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father. Your Father who is in heaven, right? Hey. Listen to her. I'm not going to keep going until you do what she says, Bella and Shay. Come on. I can wait. Thank you. All right. All right, I'm going to pray. God, thank you for your word. Hey, thank you for Bella being quiet and listening. Lord, we thank, you. we thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, this is something that's hard to understand, that we could be called something like salt of the earth or light of the world. Lord, I know for myself at times, I feel like, how in the world is that me? But God, it's what you say. And Lord, I pray that we would be you in this world, that we would have a sober understanding of that this is a serious thing to take into consideration that we are the light this world sees. God, I pray that we would be ones that wouldn't put it under a basket, we're ones that wouldn't lose our saltiness, but that we would be all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Like I said, this passage follows the Beatitudes, which explains those who are blessed. And the Beatitudes lay out how we are to live and walk on this earth. That's really what it is. You want to be blessed? live like Jesus. I guarantee you, he was poor in spirit. I guarantee you, he was meek. I guarantee you, he was all those things that it lists. And then he turns it around after he says all these things of being blessed and says, you are what? The salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. This is something I read and I go, there's some people I see out there that I'm like, huh? They don't seem so salt of the world-ish. <laughs> they don't seem so bright and shining of your glory. But here's the thing. We can choose whether we're going to let our light shine or not. It's our decision. It's my choice. It's yours. He just makes a statement and says, hey, I put my light inside of you. It's your choice whether you're going to cover it up or you're going to let it shine. Where are lights in the house usually? They up high, down low, 
too slow. <laughs> Max, or up high? I mean, sometimes you'll have a, a lamp next to your bed, but you're not going to put a lamp light below your bed, right? Because why would you even do that? Even if you had the switch where your hand is, it's not going to do you any good. It's going to maybe light the way for your cat under your bed. <laughs> The boogie monster, right? <laughs> no, there's no monster under your bed. It's not true. But Jesus is talking to people that understood what he was saying. He, he was using references they would understand. In a Jewish house, there was a light that would be put up on a stand. It was just a small light. They didn't have electricity there. Did you guys know that? <laughs> there was no electricity in the Bible, in the Bible times. <laughs> I know, mind blown. They, they would have a flame. Now to cover it under with a basket, what do you think is going to happen? Fire. It's either going to create a fire or it's going to get rid of your fire. <laughs> Neither of which are a good idea, <laughs> right? You guys want your house to burn down? Go and put one of those things on a fire. Not a good idea. But it's also not a good idea because it requires oxygen. It needs room to breathe. And if you cover it up, you're suffocating it. Eventually, the thing's going to go out. Or at least it's just not going to do any good. Best case scenario, it's just going to do nothing. Which is sad. Because why would you light a candle or a fire or turn on a light switch if in the first place you don't want to use the thing, you're just going to cover it up? Why would you do that? Okay? No, don't worry about it. No, it'll be good. You don't need to worry about that. Yes, I'm sure. Don't worry. There's cameras in here. I don't want to. <laughs> There's no way I could cover that one up. Here's the one. So he starts out with salt, right? He says, you're the salt of the earth. Which is a kind of a weird statement. Who here likes salt? Anybody? Not bad, right? You don't want too much salt, right? You don't want to load this stuff on too much. Who here's ever gone to a restaurant and you get your fries? Specifically, you go through a drive-thru, you get some french fries, and you eat them, and you're like, ugh, there is way too much salt. They were clearly sitting in the bin all day, and they kept salting every new batch of fries, and I got the bottom. It's gross. You don't want to have too much salt. Would you guys know that salt is actually essential for you to stay alive? You need salt to live. You have to have it. Without salt in this world, we'd have a serious problem. For one, there's a lot of fish in the ocean that would die, which is the number one place fishing happens in the world, which feeds a lot of people, right? If there's too much salt, though, I mean, you got the Dead Sea. I don't need to say much more about that. The name says it all, right? There's nothing that can really survive in it. But salt is important for us to be alive. Salt was used in every sacrifice in the temple worship in the Old Testament. They were given instruction to salt every sacrifice, even the grain offerings, which don't have any meat involved. Not the sacrifices I would want to eat. But still, they're important sacrifices. One of the most significant things about salt in this passage is that salt was used as a preservative. Did you guys know that? I hope you did. 
They're teaching you stuff in school, right? When you think of preserving things that die, what's one thing that comes to mind when it comes to salt? Is there a certain society, a certain culture that comes to mind? The Egyptians? That's right. I wish Caitlin was here. She's got to be at home with Milo because he got quarantined today for four days because they missed telling us last week that he had to be quarantined. Anyways, Caitlin loves mummies. I don't know why, but it's a really weird thing. I met her and I'm like, why do you like mummies so much? It's kind of a weird thing. But they used salt in Egypt, right? It was used to preserve bodies. And the incredible thing about it is the incredible ability to preserve things. I mean, you look at some of those mummies today. I mean, that was thousands of years ago. And you can see a face. Like, think about that. That's crazy. But salt has this ability to preserve things that are decaying, stop things from dying. And you think about that in the light of this scripture, you're the salt of the earth. Think about that. You're the salt of the earth. Your purpose here is to bring life where you go. Your purpose here is to stop death where you go. You guys look at that scripture that way. Because I think that's something that Jesus was trying to get the point across. I'm here, I'm living inside of you, and with me, you change the world. Apart from me, you can do nothing, but with me, you can do everything. Everything I've called you to do. It was necessary for life because if they didn't have salt, it, they would die. Did you guys know that there's actually a health condition of somebody who's sodium deficient? To where if you don't have enough salt, you start, you can, worst case scenario, die. You can be prone to seizures. There's many different health risks that come with it. But one interesting thing I found is that during the war that Napoleon was fighting, Napoleon Bonaparte, not Napoleon Dynamite, (laughs) but Napoleon Bonaparte, who knows who that is? Does everyone know who that is? He was a French emperor who was doing some conquering over in Europe. In 1812, he tried to go into Europe, or he was in Europe, and he tried to go into Russia. Big mistake. (laughs) Russia's got a lot of things going for them with their winters. It protects them from the outside world because they know how to live through it. They've lived there their whole life, and they know how to endure through it. And Napoleon, being all hot-headed, tries to go in there and take over Russia, doesn't go so well for him. He ends up retreating, 1812, and it says that thousands of his troops in retreat died because their wounds wouldn't heal due to a lack of salt in their diet, due to having a lack of salt in their bodies. They didn't have any salt in their bodies, at least not enough, and it caused their wounds to be fatal, ones that in and of themselves wouldn't have been if they had enough salt in their diet. Look to your neighbor and say, you salty? We're supposed to be the salt of the world, right? But are you guys? Maybe some of you are thinking, what does that even mean, salt of the world? What does it mean to be the salt of the world? What do you guys think it means? Preservative? 
preserving things. How do you guys think you preserve the world around you? Hmm? Clean it up? Maybe. Let's take a look. Like I said with Napoleon, he needed this salt in his troops' diet. Everywhere we go, we can bring life and healing. Right? When you guys have Jesus, that is what brings the life and healing. I would say the, the easy answer would be, what makes you salty? Jesus. <laughs> Somebody ever says, why are you salty? Just say, because I got Jesus. <laughs> I don't know, it might not work. <laughs> but you prevent the decay of the world. I believe that's what Jesus was telling his followers when he looked at him and said, you're the salt of the earth. You prevent the decay of the world. You preserve the life of those around you by being in their life, by being present, by being there. And here's the thing. I feel like there's a temptation, especially with young people in the faith, to either go blaze it in, trying to save everybody after they get saved, and then they end up stumbling into their past, or the opposite. They run away from the world in every sense of the word and think, I need to just get myself away from everybody. Well, then why are you wondering why the world's decaying? Why are you wondering why things are falling apart in your schools? Right? Why are you wondering why things are struggling in your home? If you're not being the salt where you are, or choosing actually to not even be where you need to be sometimes. Wherever God places you, if it's in your home, be the salt of your world and home. If it's in your schools, as much as you might be like, man, I hate this school, I don't like this school. Some of you homeschoolers are telling me that's both. <laughs> Just kidding. But really, right? You want your world to change, do something about it. You want your schools to change, be the salt that they need. But let's take a look at scripture to see what this salt looks like. What does it mean to be salt of the world? Colossians 4, 5 and 6, it says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders. One way of saying it is unbelievers, those that are not Christians. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders. Some of you guys need to hear that, period. <laughs> Making the best use of the time. How many of you guys know we're not guaranteed tomorrow? Right? How many of you know Jesus is coming back soon, right? Which means what? We got work to do. We got to make the best use of the time we have right now. Because if you let today pass by, you're not getting it back. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. This was never planned in my notes because it happened literally on my way out the door today. <laughs> when I'm walking out the door, I'm the last person here. I'm locking the door and it's like almost five o'clock. I gotta go get food at John and Don's because they're awesome and made us food to eat. And I walk out the door, I lock the door and there's a lady sitting on the step, or just the curb over here. I'm like, I guess I'm not leaving quite yet. <laughs> and I'm like, everything okay? Can I help you? She's like, I'm just waiting for my ride. I'm like, the church parking lot? On a Wednesday? <laughs> what ride? Why are you here? <laughs> I didn't say all that stuff, but 
I'm like, no, she's not just waiting for a ride. I believe God has me here to talk to her. So I said, you want some water? Get you a couple bottles of water. Being gracious towards her. I go inside, I get the water for her. She's grateful for it. I'm like, everything okay? You don't seem like you're doing awesome. And she basically shares with me little, little tiny bits and pieces. She's been in and out of jail, struggling. She made a decision to follow Jesus a long, long time ago. She's fallen away. And she's being completely honest with me. And I'm like, ugh, why now? <laughs> Make the most of every opportunity, right? And I'm like, man, I literally just read this all day today. <laughs> Better put it into practice. I, I mean, I talked to her, and I'm like sharing the gospel with her. And she didn't make a decision to follow Jesus then in that moment, but it's largely because she's afraid to. She told me every single time she said she gives her life to Jesus, she gets arrested. <laughs> she doesn't want that to happen again. And I'm like, I can understand that. <laughs> but I changed her perspective, and maybe God's giving you an opportunity to get your life back on track. Sometimes you need some time to sit and think. Right? Oftentimes we can get mad about the things that happen to us, and all along we, we're like, that was my own fault. <laughs> but being somebody who takes the most of every opportunity, that example out there I shared with you, that's what it means to be the salt of the earth. Taking the moments of every, all the opportunities you're given. Guys, you, you see them every day. There's people in your schools, people on the bus, people at the park. If you go to the Stodden Park, I don't know what you kids do nowadays. <laughs> But there's opportunities every single day to use the grace God's given you to make a difference in the world. Some of you guys are struggling, though, because you're like the person that I talked to. You're like, man, I'm all over the map. Been here, been there, been back and forth. God's never given up on you. He's given you opportunities to make things change. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Jesus knew how to answer each person. He had opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And every single time was a mic drop moment. <laughs> he knew what to say every single time. And the reason why I believe he did not just because he was God, like he put all that aside. He knew what to say because he was listening. And he was spending time with the Father to be able to hear what he's supposed to say. He allowed that to get internalized inside him to be able to change the world. I like what it says in Mark about this statement of salt of the earth. It's Mark 9.50. Salt is good, says Jesus. But if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have in yourselves salt. Have salt in yourself. And be at peace with one another. Have salt and be at peace with one another. I think that's a command we all need to hear. You guys think the world's at peace with one another? 
You guys think the church is at peace with one another? I would argue a lot of times it's not. So we're clearly not doing a good job of living up to this passage. You can't be at peace with others, though, if you refuse to live like Jesus. You can't be at peace, have that salt in yourselves, if you don't allow the salt to get inside you. If you don't allow the salt to change you. Colossians 3, 12-14 says in the ESV, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. This passage here is what I believe it means to be having salt in yourselves. You want to know what that looks like? Here it is. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. That's not easy to do, right? As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. That's how we're salt of the world. This is how we change the world, is by living like this. Now, how many of you live perfectly like that every single day? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows who's uh, definitely not <laughs> being honest. I did the same thing when I was a teenager. (laughs) Knowing it's not true. (laughs) But we need Jesus every single day, right? Every morning I wake up, there's more of Jesus I need. It's not like, oh, all the Jesus I had yesterday, that's enough to carry me on. No. Jesus spent regular time with the Father because he needed it. He chose to live the life we needed to, to be an example for us, because we couldn't do it, and we needed somebody to do it. He wanted us, and he wanted to have us. And the way that he did that was being fully with God, laying his life down willingly, and giving it to us. And now we have the opportunity to walk with him, right? But this here, it's not easy to do, right? Have compassionate hearts. Who here is not always compassionate? All of you should raise your hand. How many of you have not been the kindest person even today with somebody? Right? Hopefully you're not looking at your neighbor. But we need to have compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. God, this, guys, this is the grace that it talks about in the verse that I read that says, being gracious, speaking to others with salt sprinkled in your speech. Who here has ever ate something that has just no salt at all in your life? Oh, that was awful. <laughs> you guys ever had unsalted saltines? It just doesn't even make sense, right? Unsalted saltines. Like, there's salt in the name, right? <laughs> It's like, it's wrong. Why would you do that? They're awful. There's not enough salt. But we need to have just a little bit of salt added to our speech sometimes. You guys ever heard some bland preaching? Oh, it's not me. (laughs) We need some salt sprinkled in there, right? What's the other thing that Jesus said we are in the world? The first thing he said is that we're salt, right? 
What does it mean to be salt? Compassionate, kind, full of humility. All of those things, right? And then putting on love. What's the other thing that he said we are? You are the light. Light of the world. You guys ever heard that before? You guys believe it? You guys live it? Yeah, it wasn't as many yeses with that one. It's not easy to do, right? In Matthew 5, 14 through 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. You guys know there was a light under here the whole time? Yeah, probably, right? But hey, if I, if I cover it up, it's not very much light coming out of here, right? If we turned all the lights off, we'd probably be able to see quite the difference, right? Brandon, you want to turn the lights off? You can't. <laughs> Go ahead. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Seth, you can turn the spot off. Yeah. Don't worry. Hey, Brandon. That one's Seth. What are you? Just, just keeps flicking the lights. All right, there it is. We're the light of the world. Now, here's something that's interesting. John 8, 12, which is probably another verse you're familiar with. Jesus says about himself, he says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. How you guys are the light of the world? It's with Jesus. He places that light inside of you. It's our choice whether we're going to cover him up. Oh, you're a Christian? No? Christians are weird. Yeah, they are. They're really strange. You're one of those, you guys judge everybody. I know they do. Not me, though. I'm not a Christian. Guys, I've been in your shoes. In school. Opportunities I was given, and I didn't take them. And I wish I did. Chances I had. And I walked away. I covered up my light. I took my basket. Nobody could see it. Guys, we have opportunities to let our light shine or not. We are to reflect the goodness of Jesus in this world. And I'll tell you now, the reason why a lot of people don't like Christians today is either one, because they don't like Jesus. People didn't like him, so they're not going to like you. The other way is people did not shine their light. They were not a good example. But I've, I can tell you now, I've had opportunities where I chose to take them. People that thought Christians were awful, Christians were terrible, didn't have a good impression of them. I start a job and they're like, oh, you're a Christian? Yeah, you guys are awful. I hate you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what we did, but sorry. <laughs> but here's the thing. My time with them changed their perspective because I chose to let my light shine. There's a specific place where I was working a job, 
There were people there, several of them. One of them said his youth pastor was a severe cocaine addict. No, I'm not. So he left the church. This thing was held secret for years. And then he confesses it, and people left. Understandably, right? I'm glad he confessed, though. <laughs> Another person, for whatever reason, he didn't like Christians. I came in to work wearing a shirt for youth group that said, Jesus over everything. And all I did was read the word Jesus. He goes, Jesus? And I'm like, I didn't even say anything yet. <laughs> and that's all he said to me all day. Because he was leaving work and I was coming. <laughs> Another guy, he didn't have the best impression of Christians. I got to have conversations with him over time. Changed his perspective. And I remember one of the things he told me, he said, you're one of those Christians that actually does what you say. You're one of those Christians that actually does what you believe. And I respect that. I was like, I don't necessarily believe it myself, but maybe not all Christians are awful. And I'm like, yeah, I'm one of the few, I guess. <laughs> but you guys have opportunities to shine your light, change people's perspective, be the salt of the earth, and bring some flavor to people's life for once. <laughs> Bring some flavor to Christianity that they hadn't seen before and change the world around you. The question is, are you going to make the most of those opportunities or not? Are you going to take the opportunities? When others see you, do they see the light of Jesus illuminating inside of you? Or do they see that you're just like the world around you? When others see you, do they hear you talking the way the world talks? Or do they hear you talking differently, the way Jesus talked? Because guys, when Jesus talked, people noticed. He said things that they'd never heard before. People flocked to him because he was different. He was the light of the world they were looking for. Do you guys let your light shine, or do you cover it up? You guys, the salt of the earth? Or are you bland or in the world around you? I want you guys to think about these things. We're in the school year now for what? We've been in for about a month? It's not going to stop anytime soon, right? You guys got a lot of opportunities ahead of you. The question is, are you going to take them? Or are you going to walk out the door, see somebody who needs help, lock the door and just leave? Guys, I am so grateful I talked to that person. But there were times that I wouldn't have. There were times that I didn't. I had chances. I had opportunities, and I, I missed them. I walked away. Guys, I don't want to see that happen with you. I want you to take those opportunities, and Jesus wants you to, too. And he's there with you through the whole thing. Last verse I want to share with you. I'm going to skip one here, uh, Josh, this is Philippians 2.13. In this verse it says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. For whose good pleasure? For his pleasure. For your pleasure? You guys didn't answer me on that one. Say it like you mean it. Do all things with what? 
without grumbling and or disputing. How many of you are really bad at that? <laughs> I know I get them at times. Some of you guys have grumbled and complained today, right? I know I have. I did a lot of it, the fact that Milo's got to be quarantined now. <laughs> Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Amen to that, right? So that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Guys, I want to see you in heaven one day with me. I care about you. I'm telling you these things so that you will do it because I didn't and I wish I did. There are chances you're going to have and those times that I do do it, I do take those opportunities, I'm like, man, Lord, thank you that I did that. Thank you for giving me the boldness to share that. It is God who works in you. That doesn't mean you don't have a part to play in it though. You got to do something. Right? Got to do something. I think the main things are, number one, here's how you shine as lights. Do everything without grumbling or disputing. You guys know that would make a big difference in your schools, right? Your classmates argue with your teachers ever? A little bit? Don't do it. You'll stand out. You'll make a difference. People are like, why don't you... Why aren't you saying something? I don't know, because they're my teacher and you respect them and honor them. And usually it goes better for me when I do. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Your parents tell you to take the trash out. It's trash day. It's trash day for me, I know. Go home, put it on the curb. Do your chores when they ask you to instead of grumbling and disputing over it. Can I just finish this one game? Can I just finish this? Can I just finish that? Mom, I'm on the phone. Leave me alone. Get off the phone. Can you just give me two more minutes? You guys ever done that? No. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. How many of you need to hear that? We all do, right? I know I do. How many of you are good at that? Yeah. I'm going to ask your parents this week, all right? <laughs> How do you do that? How do you live a life without grumbling or disputing? I believe it's found in the Word of God. This is the last point I have for you. Last thing. God's Word, we need to cling to that. It's what I read in Philippians. It says, holding fast to the Word of life. Verse 16. So that in the day of Christ you may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Guys, if you don't have the Word of God planted inside of you, if you don't get the Word of God inside you, how do you expect to live it? We need it. That's really the first example of the light. In Psalm 119, 105, it says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. This is the first example that talked about the light in the world was the Word of God. 
And then Jesus himself was the incarnate word of God, the living word of God. It was the word brought to life. And then he goes around and says, you're the light. You're the light of the world. I got something I want all of you guys to take. Anna, you want to hand these out? Don't be throwing these. I, if I catch you throwing them, you're picking them up. So give every one of them a candle and a thing of salt. Yes. Huh? Don't eat the salt. This is rock salt made for making ice cream. I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat it. It's from Morton. I mean, you can look it up online to see if it's edible. But I want you guys, I want you guys to have this as an example going out today. Hey, listen up, listen up. Listen up. She can hand them out quietly. Okay. I want you guys to have these things as an example. What? Erica, what do you need to do? Okay. John, you want to unlock it? You can just pull the thing down. Push the doors open. You'll be fine. Thanks for coming, Colby and Erica. Yeah, he'll get one. Don't worry. All right. Hey, listen up. Listen up. Listen up, and then we're going to close. Okay? Listen up. I want you guys have this. Put it somewhere. If you need to put it in your room, wherever, it'll be a good reminder to you. Bring it home and do, put it somewhere. I want it to be something that you remember. You guys are the salt of the earth. Look at your neighbor and say, stay salty. Like it says in Mark... Have salt in yourselves. Amen. Hey, 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 hey. Listen up. You guys are way too loud. Come on. Listen up. I know, but I said that like 30 seconds ago. I want you guys to have this as a remembrance. To have grace. Use grace in your speech with others. But specifically, make the most of every opportunity and be wise in how you behave around people that don't know Jesus. I mean, be wise with us too. But be wise in how you conduct yourself. Set a good example in your world. In the way that I did in the workplace. You guys eating this stuff? Stop eating it. <laughs> and the light is for what? The candle represents what? You're the light of the world, right? Remember that. You guys shine your light. Make a difference in your world. Amen. I'm going to pray, and then we'll be done. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that we would make the most of every opportunity that we're given. And God, if today is an opportunity right now to say, I'm going to choose to follow you. I'm going to get my life on track. I have not been being a light in my world. I have not been the salt of the earth the way I should be. And God, I pray that people would make the most of the opportunity now 
to mark today to be the change, so that that would change today. God, I pray that we would make the most of our opportunities this week. Give us chances to make a difference in the world that we live in, to make a difference in our schools, in our homes, in the random chances we have with people that we didn't expect. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.